We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, Grinders. Welcome to the DFS pregame show here on Roto Grinders. I'm Jordan Cooper, a.k.a. Blender Ed, Blender HD. If you want to follow me on Twitter. And it's Wednesday, January 18th. And for some odd reason, the screen share is in portrait mode, I guess. I don't know. Instead of landscape, we haven't. I don't, I don't know why. Uh, I, I can't even see most of what you could see on the screen. But whatever. We'll deal. We'll deal with it. We'll deal with it today. I see you guys in the YouTube chat. What does here? Early as usual, DFS Voodoo, Bart B, Matt Kajeski, Kickstart, Jay Blazing, Dick Defick, or D or Dick Dick F could be. I could I could switch that around if you want. Good morning. Hit that thumbs up button. You know I like the dummy thumbs, the like button, the subscribe button helps us out. What are we talking about today? Well, if you go back to the past two shows, I suggest if you if you're new here. If you're new here, or you're just tuning in, you haven't watched in a while, we're going to be continuing our conversation uh, that we we had the past two shows. So go back to Friday's show, Friday, whatever the hell the date was, and yesterday, Tuesday show, about lineup simulations, about how to use simple Monte Carlo simulations of your lineups to uh, to make choices on you know what lineups to play for either cash games, right? Cash games, head-to-head double-ups. Then we had like like really small field GPPs, right? The whole concept in GPPs is that like in cash games, it's pretty much all about projection, right? You want to have play the highest projected lineups you can pretty much. And uh, small field GPPs and GPPs in general because of the prog- progressive payout structure is that 
We want to try to get the most points, the highest projection for the lowest ownership. We want to share the least amount of points with the field while still getting a lot of points, right? You play all 1%, guys. Yeah, you're going to be sharing less points with the field, but those guys are probably not going to score that many points, right? That's why they're 1% owned. So it's a balance. It's a mix of projection versus ownership. And we talked about that on a previous show. That's like, that's one of the fundamental concepts of GPP play in DFS. And then I showed you past two days in the, in the theory of DFS for advanced players, which you can get at theoryofdfs.com. We actually include a simple 10 lineup Monte Carlo simulator, right? which is just a simple method. It's it's not, it doesn't include correlation coefficients. It's not simulating contests. It's not that advanced, but in comparison of, I got 20 lineups that look pretty good. Which one should I play? Like maybe you could use that to kind of narrow down your choices. Even if you're building a set of like 150, right? The lineup simulator only only uh, allows for 10 lineups for, for speed sake, but it really shows like, when you look at the projection, you're not just looking at the median, but the floor and the ceiling. Now in basketball, like what's been going on, uh, you know, the sport that most people are playing now, uh, the projections are fairly normally distributive, right? Which means you can pretty much go by, you know, these median F points numbers, but some players have slightly, slightly skewed distributions by a point or two here and there. Right. So you could you could suss that out with with the lineup simulator. Obviously, once we get to a sport like baseball, this may be much more useful where guys have much higher ceilings than other people and much lower floors or higher floors. Right. Depending on, you know, the the Joey Gallows. Right. Those are the high variance guys. And then you got like Luis Arias, who, you know, may only hit a couple of home runs throughout the year, but he gets on base and he gets doubles. Right. He, He could score eight or nine points. Right, Joey Gallo, it's like he's either getting like a zero or a two, right? He gets a walk or he hits a home run or two or something like that, right? Which means that the median, you're, you're not seeing, you're not seeing much of that. It's very bimodal nature. So the past yesterday, we, we talked about looking for lineups, candidate lineups. That's what we're looking for. Remember the, oh, the overall, their overall thought. If you go back even three weeks ago, where does the money come from? It comes from the bad lineups, Okay. So now your job is to build a lineup that's not bad, right? It's not even building a good lineup. It's building a lineup that's not bad. What's a bad lineup? Lineup that's either too high owned or too low projected. You want something something in the middle. So your, your goal, your first goal, your process, your main process is finding candidate lineups. Lineups that you believe, based on your judgment on the slate, that sacrifice some projection, for an outsized portion of ownership, okay? So you're not looking for the lowest own lineup, right? You're not, lo- you're not looking for, you're not, in NBA, you're probably not giving up 30 points in projection, right? But you're probably not just giving up two, right? If you're playing really small field, you can just, you can give up two, right? You, you start to go, the gap becomes wider and wider as the field becomes bigger because the relative value of points is worth more to you financially, Okay. So finding these candidate lineups, and we can use the lineup simulator as part of theory of DFS to kind of like test test out some theories. Am, am I low enough, right? Am, am I low enough? Am I, am I, is the ownership low enough? And compare lineups to one another to see if you're in the right range. Now, the first thing that we're going to do 
in order to get that set up is, is download the projections, which is very easy in lineup HQ. If you're a Roto Grinder subscriber, right, which you should be, this is this is the way that you get the numbers, right? We have our our NBA projections for 1048 in the morning, uh, which will change multiple times. So obviously we're using these numbers as an example, right? Ownership will change, you know, by seven o'clock, eight hours from now. Right? It's a 730 slate, eight and a half hours from now. Some of the minutes may change. Our projections team will come in and start uh, making some manual adjustments. Jamino will run more ownership runs, right, and adjust that some more. So obviously, you'd you'd be doing this, you know, an hour before lock, right? Right when projections get fired, when starting lineups start coming in, and 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 projections start getting updated a little bit more more accurately. But I'm showing this in the morning with these numbers. We're just acting as if the these are the numbers. These are the numbers. So a lot of people watch the show in the morning. Oh, oh, you should probably play Luca today. Well, most likely, yeah, I mean, he has a salary adjusted plus minus of almost 11, even at 12.4K. So most likely a lot of these lineups are going to have Luka Doncic in it, okay? Even though he's probably going to be the highest, one of the one of the higher-owned players on the slate. So we're going to download these projections and put them into Excel. And if, you, if you're like, oh, my God, I don't use Excel often. I don't know. Is this techno? I'm, I don't use computers. Well, I'm old. I'm an old Jordan. I'm an old. I don't know how to use computers. Do you know how to cut and paste? If you know how to cut and paste, you can use any any of the things that are that are in theory of DFS for advanced players. You can use any any of it. Okay. You don't. You, do you know how to read a button? Do you know how to cut and paste? That's that's all you need. And and obviously you need a Microsoft Excel, right? You need, you need something like that. Okay. So we click on this little button up here. Downloads players in the slate, and that'll give you that CSV file. I'll bring it up. Let me go and switch over to my other screen, which has Excel on it. There we go. And I'm just going to open up. I show this every time just to show you how, just basically show you how easy it is. Because some people are a little bit intimidated by like working with CSVs, working with spreadsheets. It's pretty simple. Like it's, it's dummy proof. Okay. So you get the, this file here and you just, all you're doing is, matching the columns to the columns in the in Excel. And we make it easy for you because they're in order. They're in order that we have it in lineup HQ. We made it easy. Right. So we paste it in there. See, boom, bang, bang. We need the sealer in the floor. Sealing in the floor. I don't think we need the salary, but most most of the most of the tools you do need the salary in there. I mean I guess you you don't need it, but I mean it won't won't show you the total salary of a lineup without it. So I cut the salary column. I put that in there, right there. Cutting and pasting. There you go. I mean, how hard is this? Not hard at all. Okay. So we got we got our projections in there, and now we have another screen. We click a little tab on the bottom with insert lineups. Okay. So this is where we're going to start putting lineups. Okay. So I'm going to go back to. I'm going to go back to lineup HQ. I always have to close in and close out in order to do this. Even though it's in portrait mode, and I don't, I don't know why. I don't know why Streamyard is doing this. So yesterday we start, we, we and, and the day before we were looking at like, oh, what are, what are the top ten optimal lineups from a median projection standpoint, right? If we, you know, we we could find that out in lineup HQ by using this little sidebar thing, even right, and clicking the button. Two ninety two point three six. It solves the knapsack problem and goes. Here's the highest median optimal lineup you can play. Based on the fantasy points column and the salaries and the, and the positions, how could we fit in the most amount of FPTS from an, from a median standpoint, right? This is why this would be good for head-to-heads and double-ups, 
right? These types of lineups, 292.36. Total ownership, ownership sum, 203.54, okay? Probably not going to play a lineup that this high owned if we're playing larger field GPPs. 1,000, 5,000, 40,000 entries, 20,000 entries, 100,000 entries, right? We're, we're going to want to get less points that we're sharing with the field. So less than 203 at least. But in order to do that, we're going to be sacrificing some median. Okay, so I'm going to run the top 100, like, optimals. Let's just make sure everything is default, right? Salary probably doesn't matter. 49000 I mean, in NBA, you're probably not leaving a lot of money on the table, right? So we have all this. So I'm just going to run a hundred, the top 100 that are just top median lineups. Now, in large field GBPs, we're, we're likely not playing any of these top 100, right? But I want to see... Where what where the ownership goes? What's the lowest owned lineup out of the top hundred? Not saying we're playing that lineup, but just like as a baseline of like if I run a hundred lineups, like how much of certain players are you getting? Probably getting a ton of Luca. I'm 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 figuring. I'm guessing with an almost eleven point salary adjusted plus minus, probably getting a lot of Luca. I I don't know, maybe a hundred percent. Let's just see. So we're running a hundred. Let's see. Yeah, 100% Luca, 99% Robert Covington, right? And then we start Levert at 85%, and then then we start getting into other areas. So you see, we ran in default with default settings. This top lineup is the lineup that's in the sidebar, right? That the 203.54 owned, 292.36 projected, and then it's sorted by total fantasy points. So as you go down, the median fantasy points of the lineup go down also, but. As you scroll, the ownership should go down also. You don't want to play, you know, if you had to choose lineups that are lower projected, but higher on than the lineup above it, right? So we could scroll here and we can see all these top 100 median lineups, but still way too high owned for, for it to get leverage in GPPs. So I'm going to see well, what's the lowest owned lineup out of the top 100. So I could sort by low to high in... Uh, in, the, in lineup HQ, low to high total pwn projected ownership. So the lowest owned lineup is 184.8, which doesn't drop you that much. I mean, it's not that much lower owned. 289.85. So like two and a half points, what, three points about? This lineup is still too way too high owned for larger field GPPs. But we got this, this number, 184.8, okay? So let's try to find the next, like, 100 lineups that at most have 184% in ownership, right? Because we're looking to drop our ownership down, right? We're trying to drop, 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 and still maintain good projections. How much do we have to drop? How low owned do we have to get? How do we judge that, right? And when it's not a precise method. I'm just going, like, where could we find the zone where we could find candidate lineups? Right, that's really what we're looking for. Where's that zone? We don't want the highest owned lineups. We don't want the lowest projected lineups. So where where does that line kind of start? And especially when we come to large field GPPs, the larger the contest, that means the more we're willing to drop. Right. So if you just played like the top, like hey, this lineup right here, one eighty four, like this may be fine in like a hundred man, three hundred man type of content. Maybe maybe that's fine. It's still. Not that much leverage, but I mean, you, you can get away with it. It'd probably be profitable. But once the once we start getting into the thousands of entries, yeah, the the, the top hundred, it's, it's too high owned. 
Okay, so 184.8 is the lowest owned lineup out of the top 100. So I can go in lineup HQ and I can set my max total lineup ownership to 184, which means it's going to do the same thing that it did the last time. It's going to go, I'm just optimizing for, you know, FPTS column based on the restraints. The only restraint I'm giving it is that no lineup could be owned as a sum more than 184, right? So it's going to get rid of that. The 100 lineups that we just got, we just spit out, it's discarding. It's saying, no, we don't want them, right? Has to be 184. So it's going to go and it's going to look. It's going to go, okay, what's the highest median projected lineup that's 184 below? This one. And then the next one is this one. And then the next one is that one. It's going to eliminate if a lineup's projected at 180, 186 owned, it's like it's not going to consider that lineup. So now we're going to build 100 lineups with a max total lineup ownership of 184. Let's see what the top 100 here. I still think 184 for like large field GBPs is still probably too high. Is there a specific number you could use on any slate? No, that's why you got to do this. You got to see. Different slates, obviously on a smaller slate, a lot of people are going to be much higher owned because there's only so many options. On a 12-game and 14-game MLB slate, right? Your total lineup ownership may be 80, right? Maybe something like that because there's so many more choices, you know, people to choose from. Okay, so the highest projected lineup that's under 184 in ownership is this 180 lineup, 290. So, okay, so it's actually better than the other lineup that we had before. 290, we're only dropping, what, uh, two points in projection? Still too high owned. It's still, I still think it's too high owned. So let's see, what's the lowest owned lineup of this? So I'm going to sort by total projected ownership from low to high. The top in the top 170. Okay, so we got 170 as an ownership, 287.81. So we're dropping about four and a half points in projection. And we're not caring about correlation or anything like that, especially in NBA. Correlations are fairly minimal. So there is an instance of, are you playing too many people on a team? We'll, we'll talk about that probably this week. We I got I got a question or two in about that. If you want to submit your questions, Obviously, you could, you could, anything that we're talking about today, just put in the YouTube chat. I, I will, any follow-up, any, any, anything that has to do with the subject at hand today, feel free to chime in in the YouTube chat. I, I will take all questions. But if you have another subject, if you have another question, just email them in. Questions at theoryofdfs.com. I will get to them all. I will answer them all. And when I do answer them on the show, I will always reply back and say, hey, guy, you should tech, check out today's show. Just in case you forget, you're not watching every day. Okay, so now we got the lowest lineup is 170. So, like, I still think we could get get even, we're going large field. Four and a half points of projection and only, you know, 33 percentage points in ownership. I still think we have to go even lower than this, right? So I'm going to put this in. I'm going to put 170 in. And I'm going to run 100. Like 170, right? Maybe not even 100. Maybe let, let's let's speed this up. Maybe let's, let's run, let's run. Let's run 50. Let's run 40. Let's run 40. Only maybe a little too too small, but 40. Let's run, let's run 40. So we're looking at the top 40 lineups from a median projection standpoint. Max ownership of 170. Okay, so we're looking, it's going, it's going, it's looking for them. Okay, now we're getting uh the top one is 286.74. So we're dropping about five and a half points in projection. 169 ownership. Okay, now, now we're, we're kind of getting there. I think we're getting there. So let's go from an ownership standpoint. What's the lowest owned of these lineups? 
169.88. A lot of these are like 169. Like we're getting into the zone where like a lot of lineups kind of look alike. 169.88, 169. I mean, I mean, look, we put in, what do we put in? 170. And we still were able to get like 40 lineups that are pretty much the same owned. 285.64. What's the highest one here? 286.74. Let's see if we can find, let's go down 10 more percentage points in ownership and see how much more projection we drop, right? Because we get a lot of these 160. Now let's try 160. What do those look like from a projection standpoint? How much more do they drop? Because this one, the highest one is 286-ish. Can we get ones at like 285 or 284 that are 10 points, 10 percentage points lower in ownership? Yeah, you don't know, two eighty five point three four. Okay, no, we're we're kind we got we kind of got there, right? Because we only sacrificed from that last run one point in projection, and we got like ten percentage points in ownership. So I kind of like I kind of like this zone. We're getting to the zone where a lot of lineups start bunching up at similar ownerships. Maybe let's go to one fifty. Let's see, can we can we find some like two eighty fours at one fifty? Get even lower. Especially if we're doing for the largest field GPPs, we don't mind getting a, a little bit more, a little bit more. So let's see what the top 40 look like at 150. Okay, 283. Okay, we're, we're dropping a little bit. We're dropping a little bit more. Now we're about nine points lower projected, but I still think that's fine. Right? So 283, 149. Let's go by ownership. 144 at 281. Okay, now we're starting to drop a bit. Okay, so maybe, maybe, yeah, we're starting getting 1%, 2% on players. <laughs> and we're not going to talk about combinatorics today because you would add a combinatoric uh, element to this on top of it. So you're not playing like similar combinations of players, but we'll talk about it some other time, right? Which would make your lineups even more EV, right? Higher EV. These lineups are probably plus EV also. Like I said, we're just trying to get candidate lineups. So I think at like the one, I think what one, one sixty, like something like that. We're looking for one six, maybe one twenty to one sixty. Maybe that's fine, right? What combinatorically, we'd probably end up getting a little bit lower than this. But let's say we found we found the zone. We found the zone that we like, right? Maybe we're maybe we're judging it a little too high. Maybe you should actually drop a little bit more. But like for all intents and purposes, I think that these, these these lineups are kind of fine. So like 120, we'll set a, a bottom end at 120 and a max at 160. Now, for 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 argument's sake, just to show you, I'm gonna build 300 lineups. Or let, let's let that that's gonna take too long. So let's 100 lineups. I want the top projected lineups between 120 and 160 in ownership. So I'm gonna build 100 and let's take a look at the at the diversification of that 100 okay so as you drop in projection and drop in ownership what players contribute the most to that drop okay so i'm going to build 100 good morning to everyone in chat hit the thummy thumbs you know how much i like those so we're going to do the kind of the same process we did yesterday I'm going to build 100 and then weed out the lineups that are higher owned than they are projected. We could do this in the portfolio trimmer as part of 3 or DFS. 
but I want to do it manually just to show you why we're doing this. Okay, so we get 100 lineups up here. Let's delete these other builds, right? We're still getting 97% Luka, by the way. So here, it's or, it's sorted by projection. So every anytime we lo- lower our projection, we should also be lowering our ownership. So we're going to get rid of the lineups that are in the middle of that. That as you go down, they're too high owned, which, which maybe by margins, right? They're probably still pretty good lineups. But like I said, you could play, I could build 5,000 lineups for this slate that are plus EV. Let's say on the, let's say we're playing large field and we're, 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 we're playing five lineups or something like that. We'll get to 150 at some other point, but let's say you're just playing five, one, even just one. We found our little like candidate, we found our little bucket, the zone where it's like enough projection and ownership is there, you know, like that type of thing. And now we're weeding out some more lineups. Okay, so 159, 159.3, right? So as it goes down, the ownership could go down. Okay, 159.3. No, this is no good. 159.61, 158. Okay, we're going to get rid of lineups that are 150. Got to beat 158. 156.44. Okay, 156.44. Let me scroll. Get rid of this one. This one. This one. Can we beat 156? The 156 lineup looks pretty good at this point. 156. 156. Can we get a taker at 156? Keep on going, right? We still got this 156.44, right? Right? It still has own players. You say here, like, we're not playing, like, five, all these 5% own guys, right? We're playing, you know, there's a bunch of 20s, a 12, 15, and then a 5, like Zubach, right here, 5%. 156. Can we beat 156? Keep on going. You could just hold your mouse here. Obviously, this is much quicker in the portfolio trimmer. But if you don't have the portfolio trimmer as part of theory of DFS for advanced players, you could you can do this this way. The smart trim function. Okay, 156.16. Okay, that's fine. We're dropping a point, about, about 0.7 points. 156. We go here, 156, 158. That's no good. Right, we want lineups that are lower than 156. If they're going to lose projection, I want it to lose ownership also. Okay, here's 155.96. Okay, so now we got to beat 155. Okay, 154.69. Now we got to beat 154 with the lineups that are below it. This is why I didn't do 300 because I'd be here forever. I mean, it may take you five, ten minutes. But I like showing the process because this is what the portfolio trimmer would do in smart trim in the smart trim function. 152.78, a 72. Okay, we got that line. We'll save that one. Now we have to beat, we have to beat 152.72. Let's keep on going. 150, 152.22. Okay, that, that one's fine. 152.22. 151.51. Okay, we could. Keep that one. Now we have to beat that lineup. 151 point. Sounds like a radio call. So one fit, tune in to 151.41. Right? 154. No, this one doesn't beat it. How many more lineups? So, okay, we don't we shouldn't have that many more lineups left. 
out of this top what 40 did we pay 40 or 100 or yeah 100 i think 154 point nope that didn't make it right 151.41 151.79 close 151.48 that's close but no cigar 151 because you see these lineups are 156 158 and they're lower projected by a little bit doesn't mean they're bad lineups it's just that the lineup that's just above it should be of a higher quality higher expected value based on these numbers obviously you change the numbers and obviously once i if i want to change norman powell to a 36 point projection at 10 percent owned i'm gonna get a lot of norman powell right if you change the numbers like the lineups are going to be different this is what you do after you convert player names into numbers. Once you, if you're screwing around with those numbers, then you can't you can't do this process. You can't build lineups. One fifty one. Keep on. Oh, one forty nine. Winner. One forty nine point nine five. We're almost at the end. Right. We're just going to eliminate these lineups in the middle. One forty nine. One forty nine. Can we beat one forty nine? Okay. There we go. Okay, so we're left with what? How many lineups? 11 out of what we have. Now, if you look at the exposure on the side, these would be the players, based on what we're doing, projection versus ownership, contribute the most points relatively to their ownership. So the ones that you get the most of are typically ones that, based on their projection, theoretically are under-owned. And the players that you get less of than the ownership, those are the ones that are over-owned, right? So if we take, take a look here, it's like we only get one Rob Covington lineup at 32% ownership. Sounds like he's over-owned for that ownership. Evan Mobley looked like he's over-owned for that ownership. But it looks like P.J. Washington is under-owned for 6% ownership. Assuming he's 6%, you tell me he's 12%, maybe he's not. Looks like Walker Kessler, Reggie Jackson seem to be under-owned. Walker Kessler, 18% owned, projected owned. Reggie Jackson, 15% owned. Based on our numbers currently at 11 o'clock in the morning. Like I said, all these numbers are going to change. So you could tell here, Aaron Gordon may be slightly under-owned. Harrison Barnes at 2% still shows up here. Maybe he's under-owned. So even if you're looking for plays... What plays? Who's who should I play today in GPP? This is this is how it if you've listened to me on shows, right? If I was on NBA tonight, right, on Grinders Live later today, you could check out, right? We got Grinders Live and Crunch Time later today on the channel. Hit that notification bell. And if I was on the show, like what do I know about basketball? I I I, I don't know when's the last time I watched the basketball game. I can't make I can't make reference to that. Well, this matchup and this thing and the way they play and the guy looks good. I have no idea. I just go by these numbers. So if you've seen me on shows and I go, you know, who who do I like, Jordan? Who do I like? Of course, my normal reaction is I don't know them. So how would I like them or not like them? They seem like good dudes. Who do I like? But you can ask me who do I who do I think is over under under owned, right? Over owned, which means maybe you fade them in GPPs. Under-owned, maybe you play me because they're not enough people are for their for their outcomes, their range of outcomes. 
You're looking at how I do it. You're looking literally at how I, I mean, like, I'm not just coming out of thin air and going, oh, I think this guy is under it. Like, dude, you could just do it. You could literally do it this way. I go, you know, people are like, oh, should I play Luca at 28% owned? And I'd be like, well, based on, I think he's under owned for 28%. It didn't come out of my brain. I didn't just say, like, I think I'm just coming up with just like, out of nowhere. I'm just, I have a feeling it's in the air. No, I literally, I literally do this. I go, okay, if I filter out lineups that are too high owned for their projection, what players come up more than others, right? Which signifies that they contribute from a relative value standpoint to lineups more than others. And the ones that have high ownership that I'm not getting a lot of are the opposite. They don't contribute enough fantasy points, even though it's still a lot of fantasy points. Doesn't mean you can't play them. Just that they're over-owned for their projection by some amount. This is it. This is the secret sauce. I've showed this before. It's not, this is the, I've probably showed this at least 30 times on this show, 40 times on this show. Now we're left with 11 lineups, right? 11 candidate lineups. Let's say, let's say, let's say we're only playing one, one lineup. We're only playing one lineup. And I want to choose between these, right? Because we got the optimal is 292.36. This top one is 285. This bottom one is 282.75, but it actually, it, it's lower owned. It's at like 150 ownership. This one is at like 159 owners. That's a, a 10 percentage point difference in ownership. Okay. Let's get rid, because we could only use 10. Let's get rid of the highest owned one. Just, just, uh, just to get rid of it. Okay, so there. So now we have 10. We're, we're down to 10 now. So I'm going to take these 10 lineups and I'm going to throw it in the lineup simulator because we want to choose the one. If if you chose any one of these 10, you're you're fine. I think if you want to just randomly go to random.org, you go one to 10. And if it says eight, then pick the eighth lineup. You're fine. Play it. You're done. Your process is over. You're done. As long as you judge that like, okay, this like kind of like, 150 to 160 zone for giving up like seven points in projection is good. Is good enough for you. I still think in large field, you probably go a little bit lower than this, but for intensive purposes, I think, I think we're, we're in a good range for this slate, for these numbers that are currently. here. So we can probably build tons of candidate lineups in this range. I mean, look, we got rid of a lot of them that could, that are still plus EV. These 10 that are left based on the numbers are a little bit, a little bit higher EV, a little bit. We're trying to squeeze out a little bit more. But if you're playing against, if you're in a field with tons of bad lineups, remember bad lineups, too high owned or too low projected, probably playing any of the lineups that we just came out with would, would probably would probably show a profit in the long run. Probably. But now, now next thing you know, you have 3,000 lineups and it's like, well, then how do I choose between 3,000 lineups? Well, you can't, and you can randomly choose if you want. But if you want to squeeze out a little bit extra, you could do something like this. So I get these 10 lineups. Obviously, they go down in ownership. So lineup one to 10, one is the highest projected, right? Let's, let's go by, let's go by ownership. Let's sort by ownership, right? Which is, well, I mean, it's the same order pretty much. Right, because we're doing we're doing it by fantasy points, so the ownership always goes down. Right, we sort by any way; it's going to be fantasy points or ownership. They both go down. 
So I'm going to export this and I'm going to bring it into the lineup simulator. So I'm going to hit the export button. You see here, not complicated. This stuff is not complicated. Press the export button. You get the same type of file, right? I'll bring up my Excel screen. Window, entire screen. Okay, there we go. Right, I bring up my entire screen. I click on the CSV file, right? And I get I get the lineups, right? There you go, lineups, right? Working with CSVs isn't complicated, right? And you can just cut and paste, right? You just take the columns and go, I want the columns A to H, copy, right? Move this out of the way, plug it in right there, paste, right? So this is the lineup screen. We have an insert projection screen and we have an insert lineup screen. And once those lineups are in, we just click over to the lineup simulation screen, and there you go. And you can press the button. It runs a 1,000 sims, Monte Carlo sims of each player based on the floor and the ceiling and the median. Shows you the standard deviation of the lineup and the win percentage, right? Win percentage in comparison to one another. Remember, the average would be would be 10%, Right? So when someone's like, oh, this is the highest win percentage, it's like only by two percentage points, right? Because there's 10 lineups. So if they all were the same, if all 10 lineups were equal to one another, if they were equal to one another, they should win 10% of the time each on average. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. But these lineups all have slightly different ownership. Remember, lineup one is the highest owned by a little. I mean, we're talking about a little bit slim margins. Lineup 10 is the lowest owned. So we could run here and we could see, we run a couple of times, look like lineups. If we had a choice of like, oh, here's a lineup that win percentage 11.04%, which is like plus 1% over expectation over if they were all equal. Well, this one's 11.04 also, and it's slightly lower owned. So if I had a choice between these lineups, maybe I do play lineup six. So I'm just going to keep on running it because a thousand Sims sounds like a lot, but it's not that many. So you can click and just run it a couple of times, right? You go, okay, lineup nine came in a little over expectation. Lineup nine, lineup nine, lineup nine. Lineup nine ain't that bad. Lineup nine coming up, you see here, 10.96. For the lower ownership, obviously lineup one should win more often than not. One, two, because they're higher projected, right? We see from the median standpoint, lineup 10 doesn't look all that hot in comparison. But we see lineup, lineup one from, you know, 
from a min-cash standpoint, it's probably the best lineup. It's the highest median lineup, right? But we see here lineup nine or lineup six, right? Lineup, lineup nine, uh, keep, I keep on refreshing. See, okay, now it goes away, right? Lineup, but lineup nine ain't that bad. Lineup eight, a little bit more. Lineup nine. Yeah, I'm kind of liking lineup nine, 11.16. I'm kind of liking lineup nine. Looks like this looks like this lineup has players that may have one or two players or a couple of players that have maybe a slightly, slightly. Remember, this is NBA. MLB, we may find stuff that's really, you'd, you'd find that lineup seven wins well, like 14% for some reason. And it's because, you know, it has like three stand, high standard deviation players in it. And then you go, okay, for ceiling, I may want to play that one. NBA, it's very slimmer margins, but I mean, they'll show up here in the lineup simulator. So I like lineup nine, right? Why not get less ownership, especially all the way down at nine, right? If it was 11.16 and it was up here, it's like, okay, that's not, that's not much lower than the top one or two lineups. But the fact is the ninth owned, highest owned lineup out of my 10 lineup candidate set. And it seems to be doing as well as like lineup three or lineup four or something up here. So maybe if I had to choose, maybe lineup nine. If I'm just playing one entry into a large field GPP, I go, okay, lineup nine looks pretty damn good. Right, I'm going to choose, let's do it. I'm going to choose lineup nine. So let's go back. Let's go back to lineup HQ. What is lineup line? I mean, we could even see, we could see here on the screen, it shows it. I mean, if we go back, if we go back to this, you don't even have to go back to lineup HQ. Right, we could just share the screen. I mean, look, the we even let, let get, live a, the export, right? Like you could cut and paste this and put it into your DraftKings CSV, but you only have one lineup in there, right? And just use it, right? You could cut and paste right from the lineup simulator, right? So this lineup has Luca, Norman Powell, Dort, PJ Washington, Jared Aaron, Reggie Jackson, Terrence Mann, Walker Kessler, right? Well, I don't know what the ownership is. Maybe, maybe, maybe get James to add like an ownership column to this also. But we could go back. We could go back to a lineup HQ. Lineup HQ, which is in portrait mode for whatever the hell reason. And I'm going to go to lineup nine, which is the ninth, uh, the the whatever. The second to last lineup here. Let's save that lineup. Right? Bring it up and save lineups. And here we go. Here's a lineup that projects 283.55. So it's like almost nine points lower projected from a median standpoint. Owned 151. So it's about 52 percentage points lower. And here you go. It has Luca, Norman. It has a PJ Washington at 6%, right? Look at what we talked about before. Like PJ Washington, based on these numbers, under-owned. Reggie Jackson, under-owned. Walker Kessler, under-owned. And you take a look at this lineup, and it's like you could still play Luca in this lineup, right? Oh, Luca's going to be so chalky. So based on this lineup, this is fine. You have, you, have, you have four guys that are over 20% owned, but this is this combination. Like, we're not getting into combinatorics today. But this lineup as a whole, not assuming any type of correlation or combinatorics, right? Because it's like, well, Terrence Mann comes in for Reggie Jackson or something, you know, something like that, where it's like maybe you don't play both in the same lineup type of thing. But we're not considering that right now. We're just looking at lineups, not players, just lineups. I'd feel comfortable today if these if these were the final numbers, if this was 6.30 Eastern, half an hour before the slate, and these were the updated projections and everything. Everything was massaged. Everything was, you know, a minute here, a minute there. Starting lineup came out. Oh, this guy isn't starting. We got to change some of these projections. Then the ownership changes, right? 
This is like a half hour before lock, and I just had to pick one lineup for a large field GPP. We're talking about, you know, the $15, whatever, the $18 fadeaway, whatever, the 100K to first type of thing. Or maybe even, maybe even the small, maybe even $12, $1,500 person single entry even, or something like that. Giving up nine points in projection, eh, you're cutting it close there. You're cutting it close. Maybe that's a little too much for that contest. But you're, you're not bad. You're not bad. You're in, you're, you're in a range. You're in a zone. You're okay. Then I'd play this lineup. I'd enter this lineup and you're done. End of story. Go sweat the games. Go, go live your life. Go have dinner. Go outside. Touch some grass. Do whatever you want. There you go. Here's a DFS process for you. From start to finish. I mean, literally from start to finish. And obviously, if we used the portfolio trimmer, it would have been even quicker. Right? Instead of doing the, cutting out all the lineups in the middle manually. Right? So when people ask me, how much projection should I give up for ownership? Did, did I have a number in mind before we started this? No. Did I know how much? No. And I still don't even know how much. I'm, I'm guesstimating. I'm going through going, yeah, I know I have to give up. It's a larger field contest. I know I have to give up some more. And I start finding where that zone is, where a lot of lineups start bunching together. I go, okay, this we're kind of getting there now. And once we get there, then it's like, okay, I want to take a slice of those. Now we did like a hundred, like in the portfolio trimmer, you could, you could put in like, you could do multiple runs of 300 in lineup HQ and just cut and paste all of them into the portfolio trimmer. I could have, I, a lot of times I'll have 3000 lineups in the portfolio trimmer because I'll go by, I'll go by ownership, right? Like we had the ownership max at 160. I'll go 150 to 160. Give me 300. Then I'll go 140 to 150. Give me 300. 130 to 140, give me 300. Like you could do that in slices. And then you could also choose to place, if you're playing 20 lineups, go, I want three from this slice. I want four from this slice. I want four from this slice. I want four from this slice. Because as you go down in ownership, you're going to go down in projection. And from a portfolio standpoint, maybe you don't want to have all high variance lineups, the highest variance lineups. So you want to maybe mix and match like that. And then you go in the portfolio trimmer, use the smart trim function. 3,000 lineups, maybe once it cuts out all the middle ones that are too high projected for their ownership in comparison, maybe then you're down to like 88 lineups. Like that's how that's how much it could cut out, right? 3,000 turns into 88 lineups. And then maybe, maybe maybe you're playing 50, right? A lot of times when I played NBA, I would play you know, 40 to 60 lineups or something like that. So I'm down, now I'm down to 88. And then from that point, it's just, now, now I'm just diversified. Now it's just like, out of these 88, like, do I want to play Luca in, like, all of my lineups? Do I want an 80% of my And then choose my diversification methodology from there. Because at that point, any of those 88 lineups, I'm fine with. It's just a matter of how much of a certain player, how much risk. Now it's just a risk management issue. It has nothing to do with anything else. It's There's no strategy at that point. It's just how do I balance my portfolio based on how much risk I want to take on this slate? Sometimes I don't mind. Sometimes I was like, no, yeah, this guy's way too, way too underowned. Yeah, I don't mind just lock buttoning or having 90% of it. Sometimes it's a little bit more spread out where it's like, ah, I want to, I want a little bit wider. I don't want to, you know, this doesn't seem like the type of slate where I, I really should be taking stands or I don't want to risk taking a stand. You may not, you may not mind. Some people are much higher, have much higher risk tolerance. 
and go, yeah, yeah, these two guys are, are clearly under-owned. I'm just going to play them in all my lines. Okay, well, you can do that too. But that's what it is. I mean, I'm showing you, like, literally. I mean, this is like, when people ask me, like, what do you, how do you, how do you build lineups? Like, ta-da! Ta-da! It's ta-da! What are you hiding? Nothing! Ta-da! Obviously, I said, I didn't, fa- like, in this process that I showed you today, didn't factor in any type of correlation. NBA, it's weak, but there's some, like, the, not playing two centers from the same team, probably, depending on the price, Right? I didn't get into any of that. And then also combinatorics of like, well, a lot of Luca lineups have this guy in it. A lot of Luca lineups have these three guys, like, and then separating those out and saying, you know, maybe making a group. That's like, if these four lineups are going to be, if four players are going to be in a hell of a lot of lineups, can I make lineups that project similarly, but only have three out of the four or two out of the four? Typically they project well, so you're going to have to, you're going to have to play at least one of them, if not two of them, but maybe not all four. And then you start looking from there. And then you find your candidate lineups. And then based on how many lineups that you're playing, you weed it down to that number. The process of weeding it down to that number is a risk management and diversification thing, not a strategy thing. How much of a player do I have is not a, is there's no strategic element to that. It's all about building a portfolio of with risk management. Once you get down to candidate lineups, like I said, you got 3,000 down to 88, and you're only playing 20. If you wanted out of the 88, right, to just randomly choose 20, that would be fine. Your expected value of your portfolio of 20 lineups ain't going to be much different if you just randomly selected 20 of those 88 lineups. You can do it that way. But if you want to be more risk managed, right, whether or not you want to spread out or be very thin or whatever. That's up to you. So you do like out of these 88 lineups, which 20 should I play? So if you ask me which 20, I should, there's no answer. I can't give you a correct answer. Play any 20 of the 88. That is the correct answer. Because any 20 would do. Be like, really? Should I play the 20 lowest high variance? If you, if you don't mind taking on that risk? From a long-term perspective, any 20 would be about the same expected value. So feel free to close your eyes and throw throw it at a dartboard to pick the 20 out of the 88. But if you're like, well, I want to manage my portfolio, just like, a, like if you had a brokerage account, how much how much of my portfolio should be in Apple? How much should be in, in Exxon and whatever, whatever stock? It's not a matter. At, at this point, you already got here. Are the, here, are the, here are the, here are the 80, here are the, the, the 20 stocks that I'm investing, you know, the 88 stocks I can invest in, which 20 should I pick? Well, I need 20. Well, how much of this and that? Well, it's all dependent on your risk. You can pick any of the 20. If we go 20 years in the future, you probably have the same amount of money, right? The path to get there may be a little bit more swingier, depending on which one you choose. Maybe you go 100% on a guy in a certain day and they get injured in the first quarter. Oh, well. Well, that's the, that's the risk you took on. Maybe play 100% of a player and he goes off for 8 million points. Okay. That's the risk you took on. But it did like all 88 of those lineups in this, this fictional sample set of candidate lineups are fine. They're all good. I'd look at it and go, okay. Right? 
Some people DM me or email me. Take a look at this lineup. Was it good? If I played the slate. If I didn't play the slate, I can't judge anything because I don't know what the hell the projections and the ownership was. But if I did play the slate, I look at the lineup and go, oh, yeah, okay, that seems pretty good. So anything I could do better? Go, no, there's probably 3,000 lineups that look like this. The different 2v2s. You, you got you got the right, seems like you got the, about the right range. You go, yeah, but yesterday this guy did horribly. I said, and? I'm not judging the lineup based on what happened. Based on the, I'm based on, I'm judging the lineup based on the projection and the projected ownership. And that's it. Were you off on ownership, right? That That's, that's typically what you're studying for. That's what you're reviewing. Because I change the ownership sometimes. Or, you know, it's like, oh, this guy, you know, we have, we have Luke at 28% owned. I guarantee he is probably, I, I don't think, I don't think it'll be 28% owned. Maybe he's 40% owned. Right. They'll update this. I mean, this is all, this is like algorithmic. This is the morning stuff. So Luca, we have is 28% owned. Like I, you, you can just type in 40 there. Done. That's what you think. Now you run these lineups. Maybe you get, you're going to get much less Luca. Now you still get plenty of Luca. The salary adjusted plus minus is ridiculous. Right. If you think that, Oh, it's, if you think that, you know, oh, PJ Washington isn't going to be 6% owned. He's going to be more like 10% owned and change the number. Change the number. I trust our I trust our projections here, Roto Grinders. But if you have your own projections, if you have you want to aggregate other people's projections, right? We have that function in here. You can upload and you can aggregate. You can wait and create an aggregate set of either ownership or fantasy points or both. Then you do that. Then once you get those numbers, then you can build lineups just like this. So I, that's why you could show me a lineup and I go, oh, okay, that looks pretty good. Grant Brown asks, does lineup ceiling matter? NBA only. Ideal state seems to be reduce ownership, which makes you likely reduce median, but maintain ceiling or give up less compared to optimal. I think in NBA, I, the median is, is pretty on par with the ceiling anyway. If you wanted to do this by ceiling, I mean, you could do that also. I don't think it's going to change much. The differences in ceiling with these these players is not like dramatic. They're they're mostly normally distributed. So you can. I don't think it's necessary. I don't think one I don't think one is better than the other. That's a better way of putting it. I don't think you're gaining much by doing that. You're not losing much by doing it, but I don't think you're gaining much by doing that as well. So if you wanted, if you want to just go by ceiling over here and just build by that, sure, go, go for it. But obviously the lineup simulations may be a little slightly weirder because some lineups may have a, like a three-point higher floor, even though they have a lower ceiling. And out of 10 lineups may actually win more often because it has a higher floor amongst 10 lineups, which isn't necessarily great for GPPs. So you may get a little bit, you have to realize the context of what you're doing when you use the lineup simulator in theory of DFS. But no, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't think it matters. And remember, not all of your equity, not all the equity in the contest is in first place, like most of it, right? Most of it is in the top 10. But especially if you're playing more and more lineups, if you're playing 50 lineups, you're playing 150 lineups. Coming in first place or dead last is not like, good luck on your bankroll doing that, right? You may have to mix in some lineups that may have a slightly lower ceiling, but capture more top 
five percentile equity. They still have enough first percentile equity. So you cash more lineups. So you get some five X's and three X's more often than not. We'll see this in MLB once, you know, April comes around. We'll run a process like this and see, oh my God, the Pirates are so under-owned. They're going to be like 3% owned, 2% owned. They're showing up in everything. I'm getting massive amounts of Pirates at low ownership. Do you want to play 150 Pirates lineups? Yeah, they're low owned, but they're also the crappy team. It's a 14 game slate. Do you want to just dump out like two grand and 150 lineups in the large field contest on all pirate stacks? You can. You can if you have the bankroll to support that, sure. But maybe you want to diversify your portfolio so you're not dumping, you know, $1,800 on a slate every, every single day. Waiting for the one time that it goes to 100K. Yeah, you end up making money in the long run, but I mean, your downswings are going to be ridiculous. You better really play a very small percentage of your bankroll doing that. But it doesn't mean you don't play Pirates. It just means maybe you don't play 150 Pirates lineups. But that's a risk management thing. That's not a what lineup is better than the other lineup. It just matter. These 150 lineups, all Pirates lineups, have the highest DV, but the standard deviation of these lineups are ridiculous. Do I, do I want to introduce that much variance to my portfolio? Some people, you've got a, you've got a $20 million bankroll, go for it. Just play the highest EV lineups and screw it. If you go minus 90% a month straight, you could do that. You will end up after this long run with the same amount of money that I do. And your, your swings will be dramatic. Do you want those dramatic swings? Do you have the bankroll to survive those type of dramatic swings? Most people don't. So you build a 150 set that doesn't have that much risk in it. I mean, it's DFS. Obviously, it has some risk, right? So that's why just just going by ceiling, I think, may may obfuscate like what you would be doing from a risk management standpoint in your portfolio, because you'd be always you'd be always maximizing for ceiling, and then forgoing like median completely, practically. And then next thing you know, you're going minus 80% on a lot of slates. And you're like, wow, well, that was a nice 10K downswing. But that would be normal. If you're going to do something like that, that would be normal. But if you're using a median, it's pretty much the same thing, right? You're not losing much. You're not gaining much by doing it by just by ceiling. And, and the byproduct is, is that at worst case scenario, if you're st- if you got in if you got in a slightly too high range, so you get so you got more cashing lineups, right? If you played lineups that are just a little too high owned, right? Still not the highest owned. The worst case scenario is like ah yeah I lost the expectation on this slate was like minus two percent, right? Because you're losing out to the rake, but you've still been building better lineups than the low projected stuff that a lot of bad players put in. Like that's the worst case scenario. If you just do by ceiling, maybe the worst case scenario is that that you're playing a lot of lineups that are very, very high leveraged and you go on massive downswings before you hit one or the vice versa. I hit for 100K and then you you drop 70,000, right? Like that's the worst case scenario by doing it just like that. So that's why 
even even if you're playing, if you're just playing one lineup, then yeah, go by ceiling. Fine, do that. Who cares? Like, you're, what what type of risk management are you doing for three lineups? Probably probably not that much, right? If you have to do risk management for three lineups, you're probably playing way above your bankroll. But if you're doing 20, 50, 100, 150, yeah. You should have some type of some type of way that you manage risk. And there is no right way. It's just whatever way that you feel, what considerations you need to make. We'll talk about that. If you have questions about, you know, managing a portfolio, we'll be talking, we'll be talking about that also. I mean, that's much more advanced subject and it doesn't have like many correct answers it's just like here are the considerations and this is what these are what these portfolios look like based on these considerations what are the likely outcomes and what are the paths like that but if you want if you have questions just email them in questions at theory of dfs.com hit that like button Hit that subscribe button if you're new here. This is what we do every day, right? We learn about DFS strategy. I answer your questions either in the YouTube chat, although a lot of times the chat is the chat has not been going. I mean, I see people in there. I see people watching. I guess people are just staring, going, "I'm just gonna just listening and listening," which is good. But if you have any questions, you could always type it in the YouTube chat and email me questions at theoryofdfs.com. I will answer them all, right? I'll save some up that have very similar subjects and then bang them out. So email them in. Subscribe in the podcast feed. You can listen to the show later, right? You can watch it on YouTube later. A lot of people do that, right? You're not here live in the morning. But later today, we got Grinders Live for NBA. Big Wednesday slate. Crunch time after that. We got some golf stuff. We got MMA. We got uh, Premier Premier League soccer on on Saturdays. We got playoffs, playoff football. We still got premium content for NFL. So get that combo premium package. You you need to get these numbers right. You need to have a way to turn player names into numbers. If you don't, subscribe to Roto Grinders. Click on that link in the description. Get ten dollars off your first month. And if you want to learn more about subjects like we talked about today, go pick up. The Theory of Daily Fantasy Sports. Get the first 15-hour audio DFS masterclass. And then after that, Theory of DFS for Advanced Players. It's a 10-chapter audio course with advanced concepts and uh, and the and one lineup simulator that I showed today. We have a bunch of tools for uh, for Microsoft Excel that James McCool developed. And all, all of what you see from the Excel is, is, from, is from the course. So go pick it up today. Theoryofdfs.com. And I will be back tomorrow talking more about DFS strategy, like I always do, Monday through Friday, 11 o'clock Eastern, on the DFS pregame show on rotogrinders.com.